models to engage donors, one in particular that is gaining popularity. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Shavant Shrestha. Shavant is a research associate at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, and Shavant's expertise and knowledge are a key reason for the fundraising school's success. We know that our alumni meet or exceed their fundraising goals at a rate higher than the national average here in the United States. And a key reason is that wherever possible, our curriculum is research-based, certainly from a wide range of respected sources, but especially right here at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Shavant, it is great to have you back with us here on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Good afternoon, Bill. It's, thank, it's great to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. And you were part of this research project looking at new models of donor behavior. First of all, just give us the setting. What was the big picture of the research project, which then you know was laid out in three different sections? One of those sections we'll be talking about today. All right. So we were looking at the giving environment here in the U.S. primarily to see um, how donors are responding to new ways of giving, if their donor decisions and motiva- motivations might have changed, especially after the COVID-19 pandemic, and as well as other events that took place in 2020 and 2021, primarily the movements for racial equity and justice. And one of the parts of this research um, looked closer at how we can engage new new donors, as well as cultivate and steward closer and deeper relationships with existing donors who are already passionate about certain nonprofits and causes. And um, for that research, we specifically looked at subscription-based giving, which I think most of us are familiar with today, just because subscription as a service uh, pioneered by Netflix, other streaming platforms, um, have made aware a lot of consumers of the benefits as well as the ease of subscription-based um, content viewing. Uh, so subscription-based giving, giving explores opportunities to engage donors through a familiar subscri- subscription service model that many streaming and digital entertainment platforms are already using. Um, it's a type of recurring giving model that is different from traditional giving, um, traditional methods of recurring automatic donations. So most nonprofit organizations understand the value of recurring revenue and want more of it. However, the challenge is that nonprofits generally tend to treat recurring donors the same as one-time donors, and um, sometimes even overlook the fact that some of these donors are truly invested in the future of the organization. So let me ask you, if if I could just ask you to pause right there, because I know there's so much we want to unpack here. So you and your research colleague, we surveyed American donors, right? That was the crux of this study, correct? Yes. So what we did is we partnered with Network for Good, who um, they're a platform, fundraising platform that actually um, is doing subscription-based giving with some pilot companies or nonprofits. And we surveyed donors to these nonprofits that um, Network for Good also has a relationship with to kind of see um, what motivated them to sign on for subscription giving or what did not motivate them to sign on to it. How could we switch uh, regular donors into subscription donors who kind of receive extra content as well as extra stewardship and a deeper relationship with a nonprofit? And Shavon, did we ask people, are you becoming a subscription donor or as we asked them more broader-based questions, did we find out that a lot of them were subscription donors? How did we get to this finding? Sure. So um, I would say most of them were subscription donors already. 
Um, but a lot of them were on the edge, kind of considering, should I become a subscription donor? What would be the benefit? What would be, what would be the ease of me kind of um, signing on to this service? And so help us understand, what does it mean to be a subscription donor compared to, say, becoming a member of a nonprofit or, you know, just making my annual gift every year? What, what is it particular uh, about this activity that makes me a subscription donor? Sure. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's a recurring giving model, but it is different than recurring automatic donations that some donors might have set up for maybe monthly or maybe um, yearly donations. Subscription-based giving is a little bit different in the sense that nonprofit organizations fulfill their side of the subscription by building a deeper relationship through a steady stream of personalized multi-channel communications designed to provide regular updates on some of the initiatives and programs that they're working on and also the impacts of those programs. Um, subscription donors, as opposed to traditional recurring donors, can also receive um, additional curated content, engagement opportunities, and their subscription um, grants them access to a range of kind of engagement opportunities, but also extra content on how the impact of their money um, is faring. How is the frequency of giving? You know, you're saying, you know, some people are recurring every month, you know, there's a draw out of my credit card, my bank account and so forth. I'm just that recurring monthly giver. If I'm a subscription donor, am I donating monthly or is the timing different from one nonprofit to the next? Yes, uh, most traditionally it is monthly and some subscription-based platforms, giving platforms even allow you to choose the amount that you would like to donate monthly. Um, I think most of them do have a minimum amount that you have to sign on to kind of receive these extra incentives and benefits to be a part of a deeper, um, to have a deeper connection with the nonprofit. But for the most part, um, it is similar as uh, any other subscription-based service where you do pay a monthly fee, in this case, a monthly donation um, to receive um, all of the updates, progress, and impacts in return. Devon, this is such great information. Um, do we know, did the research reveal like, you know, what percentage of donors are subscription donors? Did it reveal that subscription donors are more likely to stay with us from one year to the next or increase their giving over time? What else did this fascinating study reveal? Sure, so um, in our survey, um, there were equal num almost equal numbers of subscription donors and non-subscription donors, um, a little bit more of subscription donors. But what we did find that was that subscription donors indicated higher adoption of new tools of giving, such as giving via social media or crowdfunding sites, and also had a stronger preference for communicating via social media. Um, subscription donors also demonstrated a slightly higher level of general trust towards other people and nonprofits. And we're also confident that um, their nonprofit, the nonprofits they were supporting are able to utilize donations in an impactful way. So we see this trend of the, uh, subscription donors being more engaged, more involved with the nonprofit, but also um, having more trust in the nonprofit and being kind of very in tune with the nonprofit's uh, mission. Were you and your colleagues able to disaggregate disaggregate the data, meaning like, are there differences by race, by gender, by age, you know, by occupation, income size, education level, anything like that? Is there a quote unquote kind of typical, you know, subscription donor? Were there any commonalities there? 
Yes, so we did find that subscription donors tended to be somebody who had more financial security or were more financially sound uh, in our survey, but it all, we also found that subscription giving is not exclusive to younger generations. Um, roughly three-fifths three of our subscription donors that we surveyed were aged 55 or above, uh, compared to 57% of all nonprofit donors um, in this age group. It shows that um, it is possible to engage donors of all generations through subscription-based giving and also um, kind of develop this value for all donors. It really seems to the amount of capacity a nonprofit needs to have uh, that if they're going to be providing this, you know, special content, curated content, um, you know, what does that mean for a fundraising team for a nonprofit organization to be able to put those kind of resources together? Because again, it sounds to be much more sophisticated and intricate than a wonderful, but only kind of monthly recurring giving program. Certainly, it, um, when you talk about subscription-based giving, it certainly does sound like it's an investment. You would probably need to hire ex, um, extra personnel, maybe people with additional skills to kind of get your subscription-based giving going um, in an effective and efficient way. And the addition of um, more content, more updates and it, um, progress on the impacts of the donations will require more personnel to kind of communicate this message through multi-channel media, as we mentioned earlier, maybe social media, maybe um, I've seen um, some subscription-based um, models currently uh, or nonprofits um, use uh, their own website or an app specifically designed to kind of communicate this whole um, plethora of different uh, information and media. So it sure. is something that people really need to invest in, but I think the um, benefits are equally worth it as well. Stavant, we've learned so much from you today, um, and I especially also resonated with your opening comment that, you know, in today's culture, folks are used to these subscription services to get my music on Spotify, to watch Netflix or other types of streaming channels. You know, I pay that that monthly fee. Um, why do donors do this? What motivates a donor to become a subscription donor? Well, the number one motivation that we found was that they just want to have a bigger say and bigger involvement in the work of the nonprofit. They equally care about the work that's being done. Um, they really want to see the impact on their local community. Most of these donors um, do support nonprofits um, where they can directly see the impact on their local networks or local non, um, local community. So one of the reasons, one of the primary reasons is that they want to see a bigger impact in their lives as well as the lives of others that surround them. The second can be that they, they want to kind of impart their values um, to others. So even if um, their local communities are not directly benefiting from it, maybe they do care about, let's say, children's health. So they support a children's health nonprofit somewhere else in another state or another country so that they can impart these values. Ravant Tresta is a research associate with the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And as he describes those donor motivations there, that is so consistent with what we teach at the fundraising school. There are a multitude of reasons why people donate, but they can include 
I want to join others in doing this work. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. Uh, I want to kind of be on the inside, sort of be in the club a little bit around a cause that uh, is important to me. I want to have an impact. And now it's being expressed through subscription donating, uh, which many of our nonprofits can do to maintain that wonderful stewarding relationship with our donors. Again, the research is new models to engage donors. That's the big research project. It then was sent out in three different reports. The report we talked about today is report number three. So take a look at for that on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Go across that top toolbar, find research. There it is, the drop-down menu. You'll be able to find this and other free research from the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, which provides so much content for us here at the fundraising school. Our 22 public courses that are in-person or online. When we're online, we're virtual live or we're asynchronous, meaning recorded. Uh, these can lead to four different certificates. We can customize this training specifically for your nonprofit, your region, your nonprofit association in the United States and anywhere across the world. We have our quarterly webinars, these free podcasts, and our knowledge is kind of all brought together in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition of that wonderful book. All of this, again, on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm so grateful to my colleague, Shavant Shrestha, for joining us here today. Our producers are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. And now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.